Welcome, beautiful people, to Growthology Podcast. I'm Lorena, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist that is very interested in the science behind all things well-being and growth. And I am Monica. I'm a working mom, a wife, currently a college student, and I'm just an everyday person who's trying to live a happy and healthy life. In our podcast, we discuss topics like personal growth, wellness, mindfulness, and emotional intelligence, and hopes to grow a community of positivity. Hello, everybody. Today, we are talking about what is minimalism. So why is minimalism important? And what are the benefits to having a minimalist lifestyle? Also, of course, we like to ask, how can we get started? So what is minimalism? According to dictionary.com, minimalism is defined as referring to a style or approach that uses a small number of elements. Joshua Fields Milburn from The Minimalists describes it as a tool that we use to get rid of the excess stuff in our lives to make room for the essentials. Minimalism allows us to focus on what's important in life, like health, relationships, passion, growth, and contribution, so we can find happiness, fulfillment, and freedom. I love the idea of minimalism. There's such a huge obsession with things, and it's all external wants that are trying to satisfy some sort of internal need. And I know that's a hard thing for people to kind of accept. I know that was really hard for me to accept, Mm -hmm. but there's so much satisfaction you can have with things that that you already have. Letting the idea of materialistic things go can truly help you find a deeper meaning to happiness. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not sure if the listeners have noticed or if you've noticed, but I really love science-based information and Mm -hmm. statistics. So, you know, I had to add some of that in here. Yes, please do. (laughs) According to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, adult Americans throw away more than 68 pounds of clothing every year. According to Bankrate.com, 20 to 21% of working Americans aren't saving any money for retirement. Wow. According to the LA Times, the average American household has 300,000 items. And according to Forbes, the average family in America spends $1,700 on clothes each year. British research also found that the average 10-year-old owns 238 toys but only plays with 12 toys on a daily basis. And that's from The Telegraph. 3.1 of the world's children live in the U.S., but they own 40% of the toys consumed globally, according to UCLA. Americans spend more on shoes, jewelry, and watches, $100 billion to be exact, than on higher education, according to Psychology Today. So I'm going to take one of those snippets that I thought was really crazy. So 20 to 21% are not saving for retirement. This is massive. So my parents definitely lived paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, I never really understood that good savings type of etiquette. So the obsession of things definitely outweighed the importance of good financial practices, at least for my upbringing. 
Yeah, and my family was similar, as well as spending uh, what we didn't have. Now, as an adult, I see that. As a child, you don't really notice those things. Putting a lot of things on credit cards. I did learn, though, the importance of paying bills and never being behind. So I do appreciate getting that from from my parents because, mm-hmm. you know, they talked about the importance of that and they showed setting the example by actually mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. It also made me cringe to learn the amount of things that people have in their homes because clutter gives me anxiety. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. the less I have, the easier it is for me to keep things nice and tidy, just how I like them. Another thing I've seen in my family is how kids don't play with all the dang toys that they have. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they continue getting more toys. And I'm not a parent, so it's hard for me to understand the thought process behind that. I agree. I really want to focus on limiting the amount of toys that Liliana has. So because so many kids have a bunch of toys and it just accumulates so fast. So I try to tell people and I know grandparents absolutely hate it when I say it, but don't buy Lily as much toys because she has a lot and it's so easy to reaccumulate because I go through her toys every few months and I'm like, okay, this is like a newborn toy. This is a baby, baby toy. She's not really going to need that. So definitely try to filter that and keep it low because she takes all of her toys out and just throws them everywhere. And it drives me nuts every time (laughs) I see it. And she does do it three times a day. So I definitely like to go through and filter through it because if not, she's just, she wants all of them, but she doesn't even really play with them. She just likes to throw them in places. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that seems to be uh, pretty common with kids. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they probably get overwhelmed, too, with the amount of choices they have because that happens to us as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we have too much of something, we get overwhelmed and don't know what to choose. Mm -hmm. I I get that with when you're on Netflix or trying to find something to watch. It's like too many options. So you end up getting annoyed because you don't know what to to watch. And that's kind of like an Americanism thing is that like when you look at a menu, you have like five pages of menu. But a lot of really good, successful restaurants like In-N-Out, they only have four things. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you really limit the amount of things, like there's so much extra that people aren't even really going to order or people don't really need. They just get overwhelmed. So I think it's interesting that you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but there's something called decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. And it's basically getting overwhelmed and tired from making choices. So the more that we can limit the choices that we make throughout the day, the less stressful we feel. So that mm-hmm. can be with like you like you mentioned, food or things that we put on like clothing. So I guess this makes me understand a little bit better. We kind of just worked it out how mm-hmm. kids go through decision fatigue as well. They're mm-hmm. overwhelmed with all the toys. So then they end up not really playing with any of them because it's just too much. Right. And I forgot which audiobook I heard it from, but there's like a maximum number of choices that make you overwhelmed. I think it's Mm -hmm. like 17 or 19. And anything past that, your mind would rather not make a decision at all than make a decision. So if you have too much of a variety of like something that you want to purchase or something that you're thinking about purchasing, like Mm -hmm. your mind just can't process all of it. And it's just like, I'm going to walk away and not make a decision at all, which is really interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it until I heard about decision fatigue, but I can totally see how that can stress us out. Mm -hmm. 
On my personal minimalist journey, I learned a lot. One of the things being that happiness is internal, not external. And the things that we often believe will make us happy are not, in fact, those things at all. Mm -hmm. And that's something I learned from the Lori Santos happiness course, The Science of Well-Being, which I've mentioned in previous podcasts as well. Studies have shown that we gain more joy from buying things for other people rather than ourselves. We also gain more joy from experiences rather than materialistic things. So for example, if I buy a new car, that joy will only last maybe a day. And as soon as you leave the park that, you know, the lot, that happiness starts to diminish right Mm -hmm. then and there because we get used to the things that we have. Mm-hmm. But experiences last and the memories continue to bring us joy. So let's say I go on a really amazing vacation or mm-hmm. I go exploring. When I retell that story, it brings that sense of joy and happiness back. But when I get in the car again, maybe a week later after purchasing, that happiness level has gone down so much. Just like the car losing its monetary value when you drive it off the lot. Mm -hmm. It loses that happiness value that we thought was going to last forever. Right. And I think a lot of that really hard concept to understand is an underlying issue of want. Mm -hmm. So we think of things and how they can dictate happiness and how we can accumulate things or nice things or things that we put a a value into because it's luxurious or it's something that we really convince ourselves that we need. Because we may not need that thing at all. And a lot of it brings up those kinds of distractions. Like, Because you can fixate on, oh, I really want this. I really like this. And, oh, I got it. So then, you know, all of that brain chemistry that your your mind goes through as you're getting those things. And it's telling you, okay, like this is good. This is positive. But really, it's a distraction. It's a distraction from other feelings or other issues that you, you may may not want to address or may not be aware of that you need to address like relationship problems or those kinds of topics internal issues uh, and then it causes a new issue it causes a financial issue I mean for some people I mean I would like to think only like the top two percent is the top two percent and everybody (laughs) else is in that you know middle class but you know it can cause really hard financial burdens especially for you know that middle class um, upbringing which is of course what what I'm a part of and what you are a part of as well Mm -hmm. but so like you talked about having a car like you could have a car and it's like a 2016 car and it works perfectly fine. But then you see the newer version of that car or you see that better car and you're like, oh, that's really nice. It has all these upgraded features. That's something that I want. And then you start thinking of, okay, how can I fit this into my budget? Can can I purchase this vehicle? How much is it? How much is the car payment going to be? And I, and I think that if you think about it, the fact that you have to get a loan for a car should tell you that it's outside of your means. Because if yeah. you had the means of getting the car, you should be able to buy it outright. But almost nobody is able to buy a car outright. So like you're already, you know, stretching your budget by being in a car loan at all. Right. 
And then once you get that car, you might have that satisfaction right away. Like, oh, yes, this is the car that I want. But in a year or two, you're going to find yourself in that same situation. We'll look at this newer version now and look at that car. And I think trends are like leasing cars are becoming more popular because it's feeding into that want of something new. And you're really never going to own a car when you lease a car. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you could see it as, well, in a few years, I'm going to buy a new car anyways. And it's like, but the car, the intent of the car is to get you from A to B. And as long as it's reliable and it and it gets you through that, then you don't have to put yourself through that extra financial burden that you've caused financially. And really uh, thinking about like those kind of consequences when they didn't really need to be there in the first place. You could have just gotten just a regular car, but instead you had to have that top-notch newest car. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and when you mentioned that, it makes me think of a guest that the minimalist had on their podcast that said something that helps guide him when making purchases so he'll ask himself is am i buying this for me or am i buying this for someone else mm-hmm. and not in a way like i'm getting i'm buying something for someone but in the sense of am i buying this because i need it or am i buying this because i want to show other people status Mm-hmm. Or am I buying this so other people see me like, oh, I have money or look what I can purchase. Right. So thinking about that, and I thought that was really good because, I mean, the reality is we do want to show off. That's kind of part of being a human being and especially living in a capitalist country mm-hmm. is showing what we're made of. And it's not mm-hmm. right that it has to be a materialistic thing. We should focus right. on showing what we're made of as, am I a good person? Do I have Mm -hmm. good values? Do I treat people with kindness? Try to focus on that rather than what am I worth monetarily? Right. Minimalism and a more simple way of life also forces us to seek happiness from other areas. Like you mentioned just now, instead of letting materials distract us from life, focusing on on things that really are important. We really do get a sense of freedom when we shift that focus from a never-ending pattern of consuming to other ways of achieving joy, like experiences. Mm -hmm. And what I really love about minimalism is that you can tailor it to your own liking and it doesn't have to look the same for everyone. There's no set rules and what you consider being minimalist or living a minimalistic lifestyle can look completely different from me or someone else. Mm -hmm. There's people out there that think minimalism is owning 20 items or less in their entire home or maybe having one knife, one fork, and one spoon, and one cup, and one plate, but their definition doesn't have to match everybody else's. And that's what I love that you can tailor it to, to fit what works for your life. Yeah, I think of minimalism and it's more of like an aspiration to be in every part of my life is like, okay, how can I aspire to make this into some kind of a minimalist idea? Mm-hmm. So you don't, you know, necessarily have to have a limited numbers of spoons or forks or whatever in the house. But, you know, just thinking of that concept and how can you limit the things that you have or limit the amount of new consumption that you're bringing in is still going to go a long way, even if you don't have that textbook of, OK, 20 items. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to limit yourself there. 
but you do, you know, think, okay, do I really need a new set of spoons and forks or am I good with what I already have? And what's really that need and kind of addressing that issue individually with with each thing because it's going to be different. Right. Everybody has different things. I like hobbies. I like buying things for my hobbies. And it's those things bring me happiness and bring me joy. But an excess amount of dishes don't bring me that. So why do I need to accumulate more in that area? You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really love that point that you made that you buy things that bring you joy, mm-hmm. not things that you think that you might need, but don't really need. And right. that's that's going to look different for everybody. Right. And minimalism doesn't only have to be about things and objects. I learned that this can relate to things like mental clarity, electronic clarity. So what this means is decluttering our mind and being mindful about what we do and how we live. Also Mm -hmm. decluttering apps on our phone or decluttering our mailbox or, you know, things digital decluttering as well. Mm -hmm. A clear benefit of minimalism is also being financially free or more financially stable. A lot lot of people that live this life t- lifestyle focus on financial freedom and living debt free which in turn reduces financial stress in our lives if we're buying less we can save money and feel more stable financially it's just kind of funny how much we don't really encourage people to save less as much as people are encouraged to purchase more I totally agree with that because We're blind to what the consequences of purchasing more. Like we're only Mm -hmm. taught to buy, buy, buy and more, more, more is better and buying equals happy and more equals happy. But nobody talks about the downfalls of that. No, but mm-hmm. no one says, well, what are the consequences of this? And what mm-hmm. are we really trying to hide from and run from? Right. Yeah. So an, and another way that minimalism is help is helpful is helping the environment and consuming less. So helping the overproduction of items that we are currently uh, facing. Yes, environmental issues are huge today. And for some reason, it's a debate, but me and you are just going to say it's not a debate because we know yeah. it's not a debate. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not a debate. Obviously, climate is a huge problem that's going on. And a lot of those things are directly related to the things that me and you are doing, are things that, you know, we're consuming and we're purchasing, whether it's, you know, items or you know, I always think of things of like food consumption is also huge, how we're producing food, all, all of that stuff has to do with consumption and the environment and the effects of those things. And we talk about things that are in our control. This is in our control. What we purchase is in our control. What kind of uh, implications of the things that we're purchasing or the corporations that we're investing that money into by consuming, all of those things is playing a huge part into, into the environment and into the world. So being more cognizant of those implications. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about food consumption as well and how minimalism can definitely play a part in in that so much food goes to waste so we can Mm -hmm. implement this lifestyle with that aspect of our life as well like buying only things that we will eat at the grocery store instead of buying all this stuff and not really planning and think you know we go hungry and our our fridge is empty so we think oh i need all this but then we overbuy Mm -hmm. and we let things go to waste so that's a really Mm -hmm. good point as well Right. Or even being in the grocery store. So I never shop for groceries when I'm hungry mm-hmm. because I'm in, the, <laughs> I'm in the store and I'm like, wait, I need that. I need that. I need that. So one of the things I just redid was cleaning out my pantry. 
because I accumulated so much stuff that I never even ate or that I never even used. So going through and saying, okay, am I really going to use this within a few weeks? And there's really only a select few items that I use on a weekly basis and everything else is that special occasion meal that I'll use. So don't ever go to the grocery store when you're hungry because you're going to buy cookies. You're going to buy things that are not healthy for you. (laughs) Right. Which which you do buy. Mm -hmm. So So we briefly talked about all the benefits of minimalism and how it could help different areas of our life. I found a simple summary from the website markmanson.net and he gives a a brief list of how getting rid of unnecessary possessions has the ability to indirectly improve our quality of life. So it frees Mm -hmm. up more time and money to spend on experiences and with people. It forces us to invest more of our identity in our behavior and attitude rather than objects around us. It removes the stress of loss aversion and trying to hold on to what we already have. And like we talked about, it saves money, which is always a stress reducer. I like to share my personal stories and my experiences with everybody. One of my biggest life lessons that I learned and learning from that was minimalism and identifying that product consumption. That hard lesson was my own financial financial habits. So I didn't have good financial habits. I didn't understand good financial habits as a young adult. And then when you enter in the military, that was the first time, or when I entered into the military, that was the first time that I really had that guaranteed income for the first time. So I had a check that was coming to my name Mm -hmm. and it was easy to get really excited and almost overwhelmed with it. And because I was in an unhappy and toxic relationship at that point. So I I was married previously and of course I didn't work out, but every Sunday I found a little bit of joy of having my me time was going to Ross and buying stuff. And before I knew it, that, that became a weekly habit that I would just go and buy things. And of course I would put it on a credit card because, you know, as a airman basic E1, I wasn't making that much money. But in my head, I thought I was making money. And I thought when it came to debt, oh, I could afford a $50 credit card payment each month. But before I knew it, I had accumulated a lot of debt. So total debt by the end of this journey, it takes a few years to build this up, um, was about $40,000. As Half of that was a car debt that I was in way over my head. And then the other half was just credit card debt for meaningless things. And I found myself going through a divorce, being super broke and in way over my head with debt. And I was literally just eating like beans and rice because that's all I could afford. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was driving home from work and I, you know, my bank account probably had like 50 bucks for the week. And I was used to budgeting that for food for myself. How can I make this really stretch out? And my tire popped Mm -hmm. and I was on the side of the road and I just like, I had a really tough breakdown where I was like, I got myself into this situation that I didn't see the end in and I had to try to figure out a change because I wasn't happy and First, I wasn't happy in my relationship and I was trying to fix that by going through the divorce and then the reality of what I had done financially to kind of feed into, you know, the happiness that I thought I had mm-hmm. uh, was then that weight that was put on me. So the only way that I was able to get through that was by filing for bankruptcy. I had to learn 
I had to redefine what living in my means was because I was so broke. But then after that, those habits that I learned helped me, you know, readjust my lifestyle after. So now I'm in a much better financial situation since then. I mean, my credit score has dramatically increased. So, you know, somebody that's going through a financial struggle, definitely seek out every resource that you have. Talk to a bankruptcy lawyer if you're in a spot where you're financially overwhelmed. But now I'm very cognizant about limiting the amount of debt I have. And I don't buy products that that I just put on credit cards anymore. Anything that's on a credit card, it's probably like a larger purchase most of the time Mm -hmm. in, in regards to the house. And then it's instantly like, okay, how can we pay this off, tackle this debt together? But yeah. Planning, you found that was really important. Mm-hmm. Right. Planning out bigger financial purchases. Also, understanding that those things that I thought was bringing me happiness when I was going to Ross never really brought me that happiness. And the issues were was the relationship and the issues was me. And, you know, I didn't want to address those things. It was easier for me to just avoid it and just have that momentarily happiness and relief. But, you know, you can overcome those things and you can overcome those challenges. Wow. So I didn't know about you filing for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how much we're learning about one another because that's big. Yeah. Um, But I do remember we both spent a lot of unnecessary money shopping when we were in tech school. Yeah, I remember that. And we would have to walk. Do you remember? And it was like, it was just past the summertime. It's starting to get into fall and it was hot. We had to walk at least like a mile to get to, if not, maybe a mile and a half. Yeah, to get to the the wannabe mall. Yeah, it's kind of good that it wasn't a great mall because we probably would have spent a lot more money than we actually did. (laughs) Probably. Back to how can we get started? My journey with minimalism started with The Minimalists because I saw their documentary on Netflix. I love this documentary. Yeah, it was so good. And it was really the catalyst for me personally. So after I saw the documentary, I got into their other projects. So I started listening to their podcast and I started reading a lot of what they write on their website, which is super helpful as well. And I found their 30-day minimalism challenge or game. So basically, you do 30 days of getting rid of things that you don't need. So on day one, you get rid of one thing. On day two, you get rid of two things. On day 15, you get rid of 15 things. On day 25, you get rid of 25 things. So towards the end, it definitely gets more challenging because on day 29, you got rid of 29 things. And the next day, you have to get rid of 30 things. Mm-hmm. But and it's in that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in one day, you have to get rid of all those things. Wow. But surprisingly enough, I was able to do this not once, but twice. Wow. So I did, I played alone and then I have another friend that is interested in minimalism and we actually did the challenge together and we would take pictures of what we were getting rid of and send it to one another to keep one another accountable. So that was a really fun way of doing it. But this really made me open my eyes and see, dang, I have a lot of stuff that I don't need in here. Right. And I'm sure you felt so much better after all that stuff was gone. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you miss any of that stuff? No, I don't even remember the things that I got rid of. <laughs> That's crazy. I 
I honestly want to see if I can convince Eric to do this with me. I don't know if I could get away with it, but I have a I have a few weeks before this airs to to see if I can get him on board. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that was really helpful for me was thinking before purchasing. So a lot of people will set a time that, you know, they'll have that thought of I want this, I need this, and they'll leave some time before they actually purchase it. So I've seen a lot of people do this in a month, so they'll wait 30 days leave things on the cart before pressing that purchase button that's so easy to click and really analyzing whether I need this item or not and also focusing more on do I need it rather than wanting it and this has helped me buy way less Mm -hmm. I love this so one of the first things that I did when I was broke is I wanted to I still wanted to shop and because you know when you're used to doing it that's what you want to do so I would hard change it's a hard change to make Mm -hmm. and nothing's overnight I would pull up whatever clothing website I would go on and then I'd fill up the cart and then I would leave the website so I'd move on with my day and if came back to it, I would relook at it like, okay, do do I really need this? But honestly, 80% of the time, I just forgot about it entirely. And I just walked away. And I didn't purchase anything at all. So and I do the same thing with Amazon, I'll keep it in my cart for a few days. And then the next time that I think I need something, I'll look at it again. It's like, oh, you know what, like, maybe that was just a compulsive buy. And then I'll just remove, yes. I'll just delete it entirely. Or let me just save it for later. And the things that I say for later, I still haven't bought. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the compulsive buying thing because that's so big. And I think that's probably one of the main things that is the downfall for buying things that we don't need is we want that instant gratification and we get that impulse and we they make it so easy for us to buy things like Amazon. Oh, man, it's so hard. I actually deleted the app from my phone because I was finding myself saying, oh, I need this. Let me go get it. And then all I have to do is slide the button and it's instantly I got it and it's I'll get it within a day or so. Right. Yeah. It's just so convenient now. Yeah. You don't even have to leave your house. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to put pants on. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about pants, I also stopped buying as much clothes and focusing only on buying what I feel that I that I need rather than just wanting buying second hand or taking things that my friends and family don't want anymore. Mm -hmm. Another thing that was helpful for me was starting to practice gratitude. And I think I've talked about that before. And this is just so helpful in so many areas of our life. And you know, minimalism being just one of them. I downloaded the gratitude app on my phone and this just makes it easy because it's with me all the time. The app sends me notifications daily of, you know, it'll just say like, no, you haven't done your gratitude exercise today. Wow. I really like that. I definitely developed a good gratitude habit. Mm -hmm. And this is what I thought when I was like this, you know, broke girl sitting in her car reflecting. And I don't know why I sit in my car reflect, but that's just something I do before I go places. It's like, let me think about my life really quick before I go to the store. Probably because it's the only time you're alone. Yeah, right. And I think it's like you you get out of the house, so you have that fresh mind, fresh, fresh air gets your mind going. But yeah, you know, I like to think of, hey, you know what, I have a place to live. I have a job. I have healthcare. 
I have, you know, all of these things that are that are important to life. And I mean, now I have a husband who is amazing. I have a daughter who drives me nuts, but she's still amazing, too. And <laughs> really honing in on on those important things. And, you know, Lily's going to already have a different life than what I have. So that's like kind of yeah. re-encouraging like, OK, we don't need to buy her the most amazing things or I don't need to have the most amazing things because she's already starting off on a completely different foot, just like with the financial piece so Mm -hmm. and when you say the most amazing thing I think the beauty about minimalism is that it teaches us to redefine the most amazing thing Mm -hmm. so the most amazing thing for Lily is gonna be having the things that she has and playing with the toys that she has Mm -hmm. not necessarily wanting all the new stuff because from a young age you'll teach her the most wonderful things are the things that we have that bring us joy Mm -hmm. not the brand spank and new all the time. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, deeper than that, the most important thing is that she has parents and that, you know, that they're in a good relationship and that they're in a good place with each other. And those are the kinds of things that I want to pass on more to her than, hey, you get the coolest iPhone because she ain't going to get no iPhone from me. Not not anytime soon. And I'm still trying to fight between that balance of what's healthy for her to still be engaged in this modern world and technology. And what does she really need? Because she doesn't need a tablet. She doesn't need those things. But I still want her to, to have that balance too. Yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. So I mentioned clothes a little bit before, but going deeper into that, there's this author named Courtney Carver who started a project called Project 333. So this focuses on our wardrobe. So she wore the same 33 items for three months straight. Mm-hmm. And what she learned from this experience and this experiment is that nobody in her place of work even noticed and even ever made mention of her wardrobe. So no one realized that she was wearing the same 33 items for a whole three months. Mm-hmm. So her experience made me become more simplistic about what I buy. I didn't necessarily do the challenge, but I learned that I don't need a new outfit every season Mm -hmm. or every year I already enjoy wearing plain colors Mm -hmm. and this makes it easier for me to just recreate outfits and not feel like I need to buy new things for work Mm -hmm. so like fast fashion when you really think about it it's just big corporations making profits and they're advertising to you and giving you this kind of illusion of you want to have this luxurious life and it's probably because some celebrity has this or somebody who you know makes ridiculous amounts of money and you're like that's that's aspirations hashtag goals you know like that that's what you want but that consumption is really just driving their own profit so by buying into that you're feeding them and giving them that power over you and all of that consumption ideas is putting in that need that you kind of justify in your own mind that you may not ever really need I mean I wear about six outfits regularly and the rest is just sitting in my closet collecting dust and you know Mm -hmm. it's time to just clean that stuff out yeah time to donate it Mm -hmm. you can donate it to me yeah (laughs) yep uh you want some pregnancy clothes (laughs) (laughs) Hey, winter's coming. I'm about to gain a few pounds. I could do do that. (laughs) Not that much weight. Not that much weight. But yes, definitely donating. 
Yeah. So there's there are some people that I follow. If they haven't used something in 90 days, they get rid of it. I'll usually do about a year because I do have some seasonal items, mm -hmm. uh, but I definitely downsized on seasonal decorations and yes. things like that. Mm -hmm. I can now keep everything in, just in one box and it's things that bring me joy. So there were some things that for like summer and winter that I was like, you know, I don't need this. It's I don't I'm not attached to this. I don't find value in it. But there's some things that I put up for like Halloween and mm -hmm. Christmas time and winter time that really brings me joy and it makes my space feel cozy and homey. So I did keep some of that stuff, but I definitely downsized on a bunch of stuff that I did have. Mm -hmm. So I only have one box of decorations and it's Christmas decorations. But you know, like a lot of people really make me feel bad for it because I'm not really huge into like decorating. And I think it's because my mom was the opposite. She was a huge decorator and she would go all yeah. out and get all this new stuff every year for Christmas. But mm -hmm. I like as least as possible as I can spend on Christmas decorations. And that's why I have one little Tupperware bin that has Christmas decorations. And I like keeping it to that amount because any more than that is just unnecessary. Yeah. And going back to what you said about people making you feel bad is that makes me think of why it's so important to know why you're doing what you're mm -hmm. doing, not just doing it just because you saw it, but really analyzing why is this important to mm -hmm. me? Because then, then it's a little easier to explain to people. But then if they don't understand, then it is what it is. We can't control what other people mm -hmm. think and people will always have opinions. Right. And that's just that's just part of life. Right. And then I, I always talk about the community aspect, having that community behind you or that community that, that you're reaching out to, that you're searching for. So it's just such a huge importance that I like to stress. But I follow a few hashtags on Instagram. So hashtag organize and hashtag minimalist. And that kind of puts that daily feed, right? Because if I'm going through Instagram daily, then I'm inputting, okay, ways to be organized, ways to have less and incorporating those ideas into my mind. The same way that celebrities are doing that by posting their you know luxurious lifestyles so you can counteract that by following mm -hmm. you know different types of hashtags or different types of people and inputting those minds so I, I redid my whole pantry and I realized how much stuff I just accumulated but by seeing everybody's organized pantry I'm like hey I really want to organize my pantry and so yeah you get motivated right and mm -hmm. so I went like completely minimalist and everything in there is are the things that that we really use and everything else is just mm -hmm. it's just gone we don't need it anymore yeah what you said about community is so important because it makes it fun mm -hmm. like when i did the 30-day minimalist game slash challenge with my friend it, it made it fun and we got closer we communicated we dove deeper into why it was hard for us to get rid of some things we were getting rid of sentimental things and we talked about well why is this sentimental to me mm -hmm. why does this piece of a uh, of thing hold such control over me having it even though it's put away in a box in the basement right. and then having you as well like we talk about it in our daily mm -hmm. lives and I talk about it with my husband as well like I wouldn't say he's necessarily a minimalist but I we bounce things back and forth mm -hmm. like if I want to purchase something we talk about it and that helps us really analyze well do I really need right. this that's really good mm-hmm so in terms of what what are we going to do with all this stuff, you know, we're talking about getting rid of things and downsizing, mm -hmm. but where are we going to put it all? And throwing things in the garbage is wasteful, and it's definitely the opposite of what minimalism right. is. 
So if we want to dive into that not having so much clutter in our homes and in our lives, some of the things that we can do is selling our items in person or online. Mm -hmm. A big one is donating. I donated all my things or asked people in my family and friends if they wanted or needed anything. So I would take pictures of certain things that I thought, okay, maybe my cousins will be interested in this or my mom could find some benefit in this. And then I also posted some of those pictures on my Facebook and I would get people that would say, yeah, I want that. So you choose what you're comfortable with, whether you want to sell or donate your stuff. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really liked that you recommended, which is why I'm happy that you're here because you can recommend it for everyone else, is Mm -hmm. the Minimalist Podcast. They go through all of these topics weekly. And if you have questions about the concepts or if you're just just interested in it, I would encourage you to just look them up. And they also talk about deeper life concepts and a lot of mindfulness topics and I love all of those things so they, they look into into those kind of deeper things and you know kind of think of things from a different perspective that you might not really like think about and you know the importance of happiness and the importance of things or the lack of importance of things. Yeah. And one last thing before we move into the additional resources is another thing that I learned in this journey is if I feel like I need something in the moment, but I know that I won't necessarily Mm -hmm. use it a lot or use it ever again, I started borrowing things or renting things instead of making that purchase, especially if it's something that's that's expensive. That was a really big thing, especially when we were living in a house, things like to repair some sort of repair in the house that won't necessarily be something mm-hmm. that I use a lot. I we started renting or borrowing for a friend from friends yeah, and family. That's a good idea. Yeah. So here are some additional suggestions and resources that we found helpful with our journey. The one that we've mentioned the most, the minimalist.com. And they're the same two people that did the documentary that you mentioned as well, Minimalism, a documentary about the important mm-hmm. things. Be more with less.com, miss minimalist.com, M I S S, becoming minimalist.com. And then there's also a YouTube channel that I watch all the time. I probably have watched all her videos and she's got tons about minimalism. Her name is Shell Bizzle, S H E L B I Z L E E E. So she has a lot of things on minimalism that have that I found really helpful in her YouTube channel. Thank you everyone for listening today. You don't have to be a complete minimalist to adapt any kind of minimalist ideas or concepts and hopefully you can find that less really can mean more for you and I hope this kind of inspires you to to dive into this topic and really look into it for yourself because there's so much resources and stuff out there that you can just get as deep into it as you want to. Thanks for listening to our episode today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at growthology podcast with no space. 